Welcome to a new Bancom podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez, and I am inserting myself here just to offer a bit of an explainer. So we recorded what you're about to hear in May of 2020, but we're putting it out June 10, 2020. After we recorded it, uh, as you'll hear, we're dealing with some heavier stuff than usual, hence the absence of shameless plugging and uh, theme music. It just didn't really feel appropriate here. We sat on it for a little bit, kind of deliberating about what to do with it, whether to put it out, how to parse it, um, and then things changed in the restaurant industry, in the country, uh, in a whole bunch of ways that uh, it's probably not worth attempting to detail uh, comprehensively. Anyway, um, didn't really seem like an appropriate time to put it out before, uh, but then... On the other hand, there's really no telling when things will feel like they're back to normal, and yet the rest of our lives, you know, or, or at least aspects of our lives, need to continue to uh, move forward. Um, all of that being comments that I think will make a lot more sense in, in a moment when you hear the beginning of the episode. All this is to say simply that in case uh, it helps, you should know two things. Number one, this was recorded uh, toward the end of last month before a bunch of stuff happened. Um, and number two, that originally this was the first chunk of a bigger podcast. And so you'll sort of hear, uh, the conversation end as if we were going to keep talking. We decided after the fact that this should be put out as its own installment of the podcast rather than sort of mixing it in with other stuff. So, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, feels weird to say I hope you enjoy it, but I hope you get something out of it. Uh, I know Mike does too. And uh, here is uh, here's this conversation. Welcome to a new episode of Bang Kong Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez, joined again by our host, Mr. Michael Batran. Hello, everyone. As everyone knows, Mike is most... Uh, notable as a chef for his victory in the chili cook-off. Congratulations again. One time. One time. Uh, but you never know. You never know if there's going to be a repeat or a three-peat. We may make a comeback. Okay. Um, so we're going to... Th- this is a little bit of an odd, uh, uh, uncomfortable intro because we, uh, we're we going to lead with uh, some sad stuff. Um, I'll, I'll note uh, just ahead of time that, uh, you know, apologies in advance if... if we don't deal with this in the most graceful way possible, but I don't think that there's really like a playbook for how to talk about these things. It's a good way to put it. Um, so we're number one, we're not going to name his name and we're not going to get into the specifics of, uh, you know, conjecture of like why what happened happened. But the Cliff's notes of it here is that a member of your team at Ariad hospitality, uh, committed suicide recently. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, just days uh, ahead of the transition to whatever is gonna it's gonna look like in restaurants in the city of Miami, um, and so you know that's a, a, a curveball on all sorts of levels that uh, that's thrown at everybody. Not just from as a as a business, but more importantly, just personally, because you know, and, and you talk about your business all the time as a as a family. Um, so. Let's just kind of start with you, you know, walking us through what happened in whatever terms you feel comfortable talking about publicly. And then we'll get into, like, 
some of the implications? Yeah, I mean, um, I think it's it's hard to put into words what what an impact of like something like this has on your psyche and your soul and your uh, overall just kind of like day-to-day battles that we live especially in today's world that it's like you know it um the world is is so weird right now and then to add the loss of someone that was so special overall i mean it was very difficult um you know to say that there's like no playbook to handle this is is putting it lightly um and the only reason that i think we want to talk about this is because we've talked about it so much in the past from afar, you know, yeah, we deal with difficulty. Uh, I myself have dealt with difficulty. We all deal with it, but to, you know, it's always something when it's from afar, but it's very different when it's right in your face. And, uh, you know, the truth is, during this time, we didn't have the whole team with us, and uh, everyone was so, I mean, special. You know, like, everyone worked so hard to kind of, like, for the greater good of the team. So how I saw this affect uh, the team was devastating, you know? Um, so when I found out it was like early in the morning and I had just woken up and, uh, there was already, uh, people on the team that had been made aware. And so I just started to, uh, kind of find out more details and things and talk to people and. So then after, uh, when I had heard more, I pulled all of our uh, staff that was on property together and just kind of like, you know, tried to handle it uh, just being up front and letting everyone grieve and talk together and uh, work through their own emotions. Um, I, I've said it several times over the last three days that I want, I, I've always wanted to create a culture in which everyone understood that they were never alone, whether that be within my own company or just within the food and beverage community. And I think that's why this podcast and kind of like the talking has been, uh, very important because, uh, and I said it a few times over the last few days and I've said it several times in my life, I find vulnerability to be strength. Uh, and when you talk to people that, you know, care about you and you talk to them about what's going on in your life, um, 
you know, your perspective could be different. I'd say like six weeks ago, I spoke to uh, everyone that was still on the staff one-on-one. I don't know, 30 minutes or an hour. And we just talked things, life, work, whatever. And it was really just to gauge where everyone was mentally. In that process, you uh, you learn more about people, and it could be a very light conversation. It could have been a heavier conversation, and uh, it really was just just a talk. It was a weird time. It is a weird time, obviously, yeah. for everybody. And uh, as someone that I talk about this subject a good amount I uh, I felt like it was very needed you know everyone's financial situations were different everyone's life situations were different uh, you know in some ways I think maybe those small conversations for some were good and maybe for others it had no impact at all But what I do take from that, and I do tell everybody several times, is that the people around you that work directly for you or within your umbrella is instead of just always telling them what to do, as in their job, you should often ask them how they're doing. And when you ask them how they're doing, really mean it. Don't make it like a very, what's the word, generic, how's your day going? Make it meaningful. I feel like the industry has changed, but probably not enough. I feel like life uh, has its dark moments and uh, you never really know what someone's going through but as a leader of people in whatever capacity you are you could be uh, from the head dishwasher to uh, the head busser or server assistant or bartender or 
director of operations for a large Fortune 500 company. The people around you are really what make you successful. And, uh, you know, doesn't matter how people look on the outside. People often perfect uh, the mask that they wear on a daily basis. And they can cover all the pain and difficulties they go through with jokes and laughter. Um, And this is why I always say, when you ask people how they're doing, really mean it. And don't do it in passing. Doesn't even need to really be a thing. Right. But you know you don't know if that one question can make the difference in somebody's life. I have to imagine that uh you know, you mentioned the masks that people wear and uh you know, what you can and can't see. Part of what, what complicates it and I, I've never well, except for like a little bit in in my family's businesses when I was a kid. But I've never really like had a made a living in restaurants, but I have been a part of other, you know, uh work settings that were very familial. And I imagine part of what makes it tough is that you you become close to people on a level that you might not if you were all in cubicles. Right. But at the same time there's a a not unreasonable expectation, even if nobody's like putting it on anybody, that everybody's also there to get a job done, right? Like it's 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 familial, but it's also not like you're all just hanging out. Uh, so I wonder, like, just just talk a bit about, you know, and that's my awkward segue into the question of, from a leadership perspective, you know, we were talking before we turned the mics on, like. This isn't the reason that anybody gets into restaurants or almost any business. But when you're a leader of a group that has that kind of relationship, and I'm not even just talking about you, right? Like there are people who maybe are bussers that just emerge as leaders because of how they are and because yeah. people look up to them or whatever. When when that's the role that you have in a group, uh, you know, I don't even know that there's a question here, but I'm just curious about like, how you've seen the question of like what to do, how far to go. Cause I can imagine like as somebody who gives a fuck about all these people, you want to then make it like, this is the only thing that matters. And on some level it is, but at the same time, part of caring about those people is also making sure that the ship keeps moving. Yeah. Uh, so just talk about that balancing act a little bit. And that's not even to say that you figured it out cause maybe no. you haven't. And it wouldn't be you know strange if you hadn't figured it out. I definitely haven't figured it out. Um, I mean, what, what makes the situation even more is the time that we're living in, right? I think, uh, makes it even more difficult, um, to kind of like stomach because it's such a weird fucked up time in general, um, that it's like, you know, always my, my, my go-to for dealing with uh, depression in the past was 
through uh, more work and, you know, at certain times of my life, more alcohol. Um, but, you know, now we're in this weird, like, limbo stage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have a bunch of people that uh, in our industry more often than not are very like emotional and very passionate and very, you know, artistic. And that all translates to big, big emotions and like big feelings. And, um, a lot of those people want like, you know, they, they could look at work as almost like a, an exit. And right now we're, we can't do that. So we're all left looking at each other. Like how, what now right you know the there there there's been several times over the last few days that you know you ask yourself why what could I have done should I have done something differently what can I do now uh, and I really always keep on going back to that same thing is when you ask someone how they're doing right really mean it and really listen and you may uh you may make a difference that you never knew even just with the question you know it doesn't have to be that that conversation goes somewhere that you learn something it could just be the other person feeling like you meant it you know I, i that um the podcast we did with norman and i thank norman for uh, giving me that job years ago. Yep. It was simply Norman asking me how I was doing and if I was okay, and me saying I wasn't. So, you know, there's like no easy kind of uh, there's no easy way around these feelings and these emotions and these understandings because every human being is different and like yeah. what seems like a small issue for someone like you can be a big issue for someone else and they react to it differently and that's why human beings as like a it's all so intricate and like the way someone's mind works and like what makes them feel a certain way. And you yourself as a leader of people in whatever capacity you're in, you take on the responsibility of, let's say being a chef. It's an example. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your job does not begin and end with the food items that are on your menu. Your job goes far beyond that, goes for the people that work for you, the people that look up to you, the people that ask you questions, because uh, that 34-year-old boss, right, that that 22-year-old cook that works for said boss looks up to that person, and how you treat that person and react and kind of nurture them in their young stages will make a difference in how you treat them, how you verbalize your needs, how you, you know, 
And I think it goes like that for any industry. So I think this is where we'll uh, we'll wrap up this portion. I'll just uh, throw in my own completely unqualified two cents on on that last thing that you said, which is you know I, I think that there's a, there's a weird blurry line between knowing that that's the way to be and the thing to do and 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 the thing that matters, but also you know. The line between that and then having an expectation of what the results are going to be. Because I, I think there's a lot of people going through all kinds of shit with people around them that care and try. And you can't know that being a particular way is going to have this impact or stop that thing from happening. So, I, you know, without knowing shit about any of this, and I'm not a psychologist, I'm not, I'm not anything. Me neither. But I also think that, you know, we should sort of stop ourselves short, right? Of like, you want to, you want to make the effort and you want to feel comfortable that you're doing the right thing without also beating yourself up when out of the hundreds of people that you engage with all the time, something goes wrong somewhere. You know, I uh, was speaking to some of my managers this morning and uh, we're having a meeting about like reopening and uh, et cetera. And, you know, we touched on this subject, you know, and how we plan to uh, approach this with our uh, staff that will be coming back in the next coming days. And I told them, you know, uh, I believe that standing in front of something and um, being there for people in the process of grieving is very important. I also told them that in this, like, understanding because we are a very young company and the people that manage within the company are very young there's no like been on the job 35 plus years types of people in that process i think you need to understand is when you're sitting there and you're talking to your staff and you're asking them how they're doing Mm -hmm. understand that there's a lot of times that it's going to seem very one-sided how are you doing caring about people and there's a good chance that they won't reciprocate that care back to you. There's a good chance that uh, you, it may feel like you're always on the giving end. But once you become a leader in whatever capacity, you accept that responsibility. Right. There's also the element of it that you don't know how, as the leader, you're sort of setting the terms and setting the tone. They They may not feel like they're in a position to, like maybe they feel like, especially if it's somebody newer who doesn't have a certain relationship. Like, you know that you want to know those things, but maybe right. they feel like, who the fuck am I to ask Mike, you know, about his personal shit? Sure. You know? Yeah, I mean, but, you know, a person will respond with what they want to get out of right. it. Right, yeah. If I just say, you know, I'm fine and move on, then that's what I want to say. Yeah. But if, what if someone says, you know what, I'm not fine? Right, right. And I think it's the chance of someone saying, I'm not fine. Right. That chance of being able to be there for somebody, whether they've worked for you for 10 minutes or 10 years, is, uh, I mean, important. All right, that's uh, the discussion. Thanks for listening. Uh, Like I said at the beginning, I hope, and I know Mike hopes, that you uh, get something valuable out of that. We just wanted to end this episode 
with information on resources from the National Alliance on Mental Illness, in particular their National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which you can get to at 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-TALK. TALK is 8255. And then there is their crisis text line, which you can get to by just texting HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. Again, HOME to 741741. You can get to any of those resources and also other things at NAMI.org. That's the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI.org.